Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb. I'm Colin. And I'm Notch. This week, Zlatan gets his first start. Sounders get their first goal, and Portland get their first win. Imagine that there are three things that have all come out at once. Okay, your favorite podcast has just come out. There's a new audiobook you're really excited for, and there's a new album you're really excited for. Which do you prioritize listening to first? It it depends where I am. Hmm. I'm at work. I listen to the podcast. If I'm at home, album. Why don't you listen to the album at home or at work? Sorry. Um. Because when I'm working, I don't. If I have music on, I don't listen to it. It kind of just comes background noise, and I don't pay attention uh, at all. So listen to the podcast and teach my attention. Make that's make, funny. Yeah. Because I, I feel like a lot of people, like me, for example, I listen to music so I can tune it out. I listen to podcasts when I can pay attention. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, especially with podcasts, I almost lose too much in terms of like work distraction stuff music i don't get that feeling so i would i think universally say the album first hmm. i would almost always listen to the audiobook first because it's rare that i'm so excited about a book that i want to listen to it but i will say generally podcasts and audiobooks are kind of my constant soundtrack anything i'm doing i'm probably listening to one of the two music is my workout Basically, where I, when I'm working out, listen to music, and then sometimes when I'm just not feeling like I have the brain power for the other two, that's when I put on music. But I'm also not one of those people who listens to lyrics very closely. Yeah, and I'm definitely that way. So yeah, right. So Same. you guys are big music heads, so that does not surprise me in the very in the least. Look out for our our offshoot podcast. We call it music. Not very original, but it's that's not true. Yeah, like now that's what we call music. <laughs> we'll try, oh, no. try to get the, 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 them to sponsor us. Yeah. Oh, and we've already been sued. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah there we go. <laughs> Trademark infringement. Well, uh, we should just jump right in because we've got like 800,000 pages of notes for this week's episode. A lot of stuff happened, but uh, I think it's, it's right as we always do to start with our segment that we call... Loon monitoring. Colin's back, so we get the authentic version of our loon monitoring segment. In the loon monitoring segment, we talk about Minnesota United FC, our loons. Caleb, we, we asked Colin earlier if he had listened to last week's episode, and he said no. So one of the things he didn't hear us say was whether we should have new segment names or some other, like, you know, just partitions between the different times that we talk about stuff and whether this is these, like... Little segment names that we have are getting old. What do you think, Colin? You guys are really trying to spice things up behind my back. Like, well, we we did have the sexy underwear last week, but but that didn't work so well. <laughs> it, it was it was it was a mistake. The role play, I think, especially went too far. Um, it turns out you can't really see sexy underwear on a podcast. I'm no, to it. no. Like, all our I, I mean, you tried to yeah. be Colin. I tried to be like the Northern Irish with a sheep, and it yeah. was it was just a little much. All our visual yeah. dads. Did not land no, at all. No, it was no, very it was, disappointing. We 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 were a pale limitation of this podcast with you in it. So that's why I'm bringing this up now. You know? Um. Well, in that case, um, I'd have to keep thinking about new ideas. But yeah. Well, uh, one of the things that you can maybe we can call the segment is L monitoring because we got another loss and um, it was pretty tough. As you can see, I'm a little bitter. Three two Portland beating us 
in Portland. Just Avarese getting his first win, Portland getting their first win of the year. And I think I have to just start out with the most glaring issue with our team, which is that Bark Merch went out of business last week. And its store space was taken up by Manly's Masculine Merchandise, which is a better store, let me tell you. Very gendered, but still a better store than Bark Merch, okay? <laughs> and I would like to see that store open every single game we play from now onwards. I don't want to see Bark Merch anywhere on any player. <laughs> I want to uh, see Bark Merch like boarded up like it's ready for a hurricane. Right. Like, just out of business, windows boarded up. You Man guys button cut off. You guys really want to be shopping at Manly's every single game, though. Sure. You know when the when when play the other your option kids. play your kids. See, here, here's the thing, Colin. I used to live in Beloit, Wisconsin, and there were two options for groceries while I lived there. Now there are more. There was Walmart, and then there was this place where the groceries, which I won't name, where the groceries are always terrible and wilty. And I went to Walmart because, you know what? It wasn't the greatest store to shop at, but they had fresh groceries and I could eat food because of Walmart without having to drive halfway to Madison, to Woodman's. So I'm not saying that Manly... Manly is the Walmart in Beloit, Wisconsin, okay? That's what I'm saying. He might not be perfect, but damn it, he's better than Bark Merch. That I will certainly attest to. It's a little um, harsh on him the Walmart or something, but yeah. And that analogy kind of works. I I, I guess a, um, it is an analogy, guys. Come on, yeah. I go, mean, go with me here. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, Tyrone Mears was out. I would still probably play him in front of. Yeah. Let him learn Manly. from. Yeah. Mears. Yeah. He, Manley's definitely green. You saw that a few times in the game, but. Yeah, he he at least is capable of running. Um, Mark Birch apparently came off with an injury, is what they were saying. We were all like, oh my god, halftime sub, it makes so much sense. Technically, turns out he was hurt. Um, yeah, his. Uh, I, I'm fairly certain that the injury was the passage of time. <laughs> it's really hard to keep on playing when your spirit leaves your body like that. <laughs> Because Alvis Paulo just left him in the dust in the first goal. Like, and he was, again, this the second, Valeri's second came through the left-hand side as yeah. well. It was like Roadrunner versus the Wiley Coyote. Mark had no chance. Let's also not forget that Calvo got smoked on both goals as well. Powell, Powell ran between Calvo and Birch for the first. And then Valeri really should not have been able to reach the, the cross that he got, or mm-hmm. the ball that he got. Calvo should have been there first. Yeah. We could also blame Calvo a bit for not picking up Fernando Adi when he was literally shoulder to shoulder with him for the third goal. Let's ask this question, which is some conversation about Calvo, his natural position being the left back and that that's where we should be playing him instead of center back. Is that the, the fix going forward, getting a better center back or is the fix getting a better left back? Um, or is Alexi Gomez the Deus Ex transfer that we need? Man, I mean... I, I don't know about moving Calvo to left back. We did that a couple times last year, and it didn't stick. So, I, And I still remember a game last year at home against Portland where Fernando Adi spent 90-plus minutes inside of Brent Coleman's pocket. So I don't know why that wasn't an option going to this game. I, I I don't know. I still think that for a team that wants to possess the ball, you need a ball-playing center back. Yeah, if if you move Calvo to the left and have Coleman and Boxall in the middle, they they occupy the same role there. Okay. They're yeah. 
Um, They're not going to move off the pitch and stop the ball in transition. I think one position that all of us were really impressed with was left wing. However, Miguel Ibarra playing a command performance throughout this game, getting a goal called back, several great chances. Again, I think he, he, he was just, again, one of those times when he was just everywhere and making runs a few times when I was really frustrated that he didn't get the ball on a brilliant overlapping run mm. like Mark Burt sometimes sometimes other players just missing the fact that Ibarra was in clear space uh, not offside and super creative I, I just love this kid putting in a lot of effort yeah excellent efforts um, I will say that a lot of his touches were maybe a little bit too far to the outside when he actually did get the ball I don't know if that's the fault of people not playing him in when he was closer to goal or what, but um, excellent performance by him. And and let's get one thing straight: he was offside. That that goal oh God, was, he was cor- offside. correctly called offside. <laughs> no, yeah, he for, was. for some I'm... reason, loser West Berdine of the Failing Fifty Five One podcast. Fake news. He was on CNN and Washington Post, owned by the loser Jeff Bezos, saying it was not offside. Totally offside. Don't believe it, folks. Everyone says it was offside. Let's, uh, he, he was like, uh, he was a yard offside. Seriously. That's, it was that's not even close. However, how cool was it that that goal came off a Finley back heel, which went to Quintero, who passed to Jerry, who passed to Ibar. Just the movement was beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, um, yeah. Quintero really adds a lot to the offense just with his positioning and with his passing ability. And you saw in that play, he got the ball and two defenders closed in on him, mm-hmm. leaving Jerry, who has continued his run through the box. And he takes up so much attention, even in his first game, where he's already leaving players open who have the ability to create themselves. With a minimum of training with the team compared to his colleagues, he was able to possibly look like he was fitting into the squad. I think by the end of the game, he was taking a bit more of a, I'm just going to take care of this. You know, yeah. do it, let's do it live. Particularly in the second half, that that's that was his instinct. And guess what? He got his best chances in the second half, including his and, goal. And created the best chances too. Right. Uh, yeah. Christian somehow missed a header and also had an amazing shot acrobatically saved by Jake Leeson. I still don't know how one of those didn't go in. But both of those were fed by Quintero. Yeah. Talk to me about Christian because I, I'm disappointed by his performance in this game. I he, I think he, it was his best this season, which isn't saying much, but he's he had a weird preseason, not with the team the entire preseason, and he was injured in the first game. I don't know if he's 100% yet, honestly, but the partnership we showed with Quintero just in that like 30-minute stretch in the second half was promising. There's a interesting article up at um e pluribus lunum actually. oh who wrote that um oh i did yeah that's that's right i'm gonna self-plug already um but one of the things i mentioned was that you need somebody to be holding up play like christian was doing that's what he was so successful with in the first few games the fact that he's not scoring is definitely a problem i I don't know if it's a confidence issue. I think at the very least what they need to do is get somebody dragged down in the box and then give it to Christian so he can score his first goal and just get it over with. 
break the seal as it was. I just don't know who we would play instead of him, to be perfectly honest, because we don't have... I don't trust any of our replacements for him. I mean, you could argue um, once Nicholson's back to full health, he was out the f- with the flu this game. Um, Still came on as a sub. As a sub. For Ibarra, which was dumb, he came on for Finley. But anyway, you could argue having Tintero up there and having uh, Nicholson, Ibarra, and Finley behind him after this game. You'd play that? That's a it's a bit risky. Let's see how it goes, but I don't I, I, I don't necessarily I think I have to see more from Christian and Tintero and Tintero and Dunlady in the future. See how they play together. I don't I don't think it's necessarily risky, especially given the fact that in the ten spot, if you have Miguel there, you have somebody that can actually defend. Um, but yeah, I I firmly believe that what Christian has been doing all season is the exact sort of thing you want in order to get Darwin Quintero on the ball where he has enough space to like actually you know probe that space between midfield and defense. It, it was really interesting to see how Christian and Darwin had that kind of interplay where Quintero was playing higher up than Christian a lot of the time. And so I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do in the future, but I do think Christian needs a rest. I think he needs a few games off. I'm... I'm just not seeing the point anymore. I think we're seeing repeated games now where he's just there's just something missing there. Like like you're saying, like he needs something to kind of jolt him. And I I would say it's probably some time on the bench. But um, moving on, let's talk about very quickly Schuler and Ibsen. A lot of opinions being thrown out about the two of them. Schuler, I think the consensus being great first half, second half was worse. He, he got tired. Yeah, then he was running around the entire pitch defending the midfield while Ibsen was not. Yeah, um, and unfortunately, we don't have the depth to make a midfield sub. That is, when you're down by two goals, that is, you know, that can play in the midfield and also attack. All we had in the bench was Colin Warner, and he's there to finish out games for winning. Would you take Ibsen off and put Ibarra in the middle and bring Nicholson on? Yeah. On the wing? No, I wouldn't. I think Navarro's better in the attacking half of the field and defending up there. No, I'm saying I'm saying you push him up into the attacking half and you just have two attacking midfielders. And so four one, four one. So it made um, more work for Schuler. Or at least the same amount of work he had yeah. to begin with. That's rough on Schuler. Yeah. Because around the sixty fifth minute he was dead pretty much and he he just didn't play ball. What I will... I'll say this, at least for Ibsen, I felt as though he didn't have a point in this game. He was somebody that wants to find space, find his way into the attack. Darwin Quintero was doing that. And if Ibsen only gets inspired when he's given that opportunity to just figure out where he can get into space. Quintero doing that and doing a lot better at it is probably not a good sign for him. I like Ibsen's energy on the pitch, to be honest, even when sometimes his role isn't as well defined, I, which there was a moment in this game where actually he let it go. And I think that's when I just start to dislike Ibsen is when he gives up. But I think what he brings is a fire and an ability to go at opposing players. It's something that Greg Jordan used to be really good at when he played for us, which is that no tackle went up 
unchallenged mm -hmm. on our guys. We always knew that there was a guy out there who was just angrier than the other team and just mad. And I think that that inspires. But um, moving on to, I think, fair point, by the way. Uh, I think moving on to our last point from this game, uh, really quickly to recap some of the goals. Adi's goal gets called back by VAR as well. Tuluma scores a fantastic chip over his own keeper to give um, give us our second goal. I, I have a question. It's um, one that's been kind of talked about a bunch on Twitter, particularly by Minnesota United fans. I think it's it's a very fair question. Is it VAR, in fact, the worst thing that has ever blighted our beautiful game and, in fact, worse than the genocide of millions? Please discuss. No. 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 Okay. No. No. Controversial opinion, according to Minnesota United Twitter, which, <laughs> which has decided that if VAR, Mussolini, and Hitler was in the room, they'd shoot VAR three times. <laughs> So, um, but I, people need to stop being mad about people doing VAR badly. It was used correctly twice in this game. It should have been used another time to review Alvis Powell's cleats digging into Quintero's leg. Yeah, Quintero nearly had his leg But the time they game. used it, the correct call was made. Exactly. So I'll say that for VAR. Yeah. Um, you know who, you know who did need video assistance? Uh, the voters that picked Elvis Powell as the MLS player of the week when he shouldn't have played the entire game. Yeah. So, yeah, he shouldn't have. Uh, th thank, thank you for your considered opinion on this very, very important issue that we have to discuss. I'm sure we'll discuss it again in the future. Let's all move into a segment that we call the Major Listing Service. In the Major Listing Service segment, we cover the latest news from Major League Soccer. First up, attendance. Several empty stands this week. Um, the it's cold excuse being deployed for northern teams such as the Revolution, D.C., Colorado. A bunch of MLS articles this week had basically. And that early goal was missed by most of the fans who were still walking in because people came late to these games uh, again because it was so cold. Uh, moving on. First game, Philadelphia playing Orlando. Orlando coming out with two wins. Uh, Mr. Dwyer scoring one. Um, the, the special prosecutor, uh, Muller, scoring his uh, second MLS goal. Yeah, and there's the Ronaldo's stance and celebration. I'm pretty sure that's because Michael Cohen's office was, you know, raided and he had to reveal that Hannity was his third plan. I think that was why they yeah, He didn't care about the goal at all. Yeah, yeah. He was celebrating that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you get to use the Ronaldo stance for scoring, especially not scoring just your second goal. It doesn't matter. I think that you're it only you're doesn't. only allowed to do the Ronaldo stance if you are as ripped as Ronaldo, or you have a really poorly made statue of yourself somewhere. I maybe th I maybe think he does. We don't know. You. Maybe he has like a paper mache bust of himself. That is true. Somewhere, still be better than that Ronaldo statue. <laughs> Vancouver played L.A. in Vancouver. L.A. coming in spoiling the British Columbian party. Vela scoring again. Yeah, he's working out pretty well, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing pretty well for himself. I think in this needs, whole MLS lead. I, th I think he needs some Univision um, splooging commentary. <laughs> oh. And then then Eric Clapton goes into Vela. <laughs> Got me on my dreams, Vela. If they're not singing that in LA, they're idiots. By the way, <laughs> I we have to find out when they come for their home game in July. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if anything, they're not singing that yet because the stadium's not open. Right. 
Yeah. Right, right, right. Marinovic gets the ball parried out of his hands by a defender hitting his arm. Ball drops to Rossi in the scrum who nutmegs Mr. Marinovic. Yeah, uh, just a garbage goal yeah. for Rossi, but he'll take it. Um, and I think Takamara is now out for at least for next week um, for Vancouver, so things are not looking good for them. No, LAFC though, their defense doing okay. Yeah, and they had given up seven goals in the past two games, so did a clean sheet, boosted confidence for them. I still don't think their defense is that great. Um, because it's, it's just It's not, because their best center back is Lauren Simon, who is, you know, not great. Can we go over there and score like 800 goals Please. Or yeah, you know, just... I hope so. Help them kind of eclipse our record from last year. Uh, Red Bulls going to Montreal, or not going to Montreal, playing Montreal. And winning 3-1, the the energy drink team coming out on top. Uh, Rebels couldn't score against Chivas over two legs. BWP scores in surly time. The first five minutes. Where the fuck was that? I don't know, but good news for Red Bulls fans. They did a free surly with at the game ticket. Is that still count for them? I, I, don't, any I game think that's in MLS? just us. Oh, well, that's ever <laughs> Yeah, so um, there was a wild goal line clearance just a couple minutes later where Royer kicks the ball towards the goal. There's a rebound, and... Um, Loon's legend, Chris Duvall. Yeah. Clears just, the ball off the Just line. swoops in. Loon's legend, he was here for like 10 minutes. But what a 10 minutes that was. That was yeah. incredible. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Not the only miss that Daniel Royer had in that game. Yeah, he didn't... <laughs> He has some Carlos Rivas level finishing in this team. No, oh, that, that that's harsh, man. Don't, don't, the guy the guy has a family. Anyway, uh, Jason <laughs> Vargas scored an incredible free kick. Incredible. Yeah, he off the inside of the post, just gorgeous. From the highlights, it looked like he was the only one who was creating or creating anything for Montreal. Yeah, um, couple shots straight at the goalkeeper, unfortunately. And Romelo Kaku Gamara finally scored as well. But I want to say. I think the hero of this game was the commentator who essentially had a great uh, impression of Leonidas from Sparta where he's like, this is a shot! What a goal! And every time he just kind of... Well, he would know. start out his commentary with really kind of a soft and like actually saying the name but something to tell him what happened he would yell and it'd be great! And I was there for it, man. It was fantastic. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you're sitting in the crowd just randomly see people getting kicked out of the press box <laughs> into the stands. Like, that. that's just the whole whole game. Colorado. They're falling in slow motion. Colorado kicked Toronto out of Colorado, out of Denver, out of Commerce City, in fact. They kicked Toronto out of Commerce City with a loss 2-0. MLS champions in crisis. Let me tell uh, you. Um... Uh, not that bad. Also, they played like what <laughs> ten players? That, ten players that, that were different. Play in the Champions League. Uh, let me tell you, that is a disgrace. And their opponents in the Champions League wouldn't pull any kind of move like that. That is just not done, did, sir. Did they do um, excuse me, I'm I'm seeing a tweet here uh, from Charlie Clark. Quote: If you're wondering how many Chivas regulars were in their eleven in the Las Cholos yesterday, well, they had four players with a kit number over two hundred. And Sam Steckel, Steckel, Steckel. I've heard both ways. Okay. He, uh, he, he also said that he'd got off the phone with Toronto FC president, Bill Manning, who had told him that Toronto's game at Houston between the two legs of the Champions League final would not be moved and said that Toronto would feel a reserve squad at the Dynamo 
The 11 will likely consist mostly of players who won't be in the 18 for either leg of the CONCACAF Champions League. So, basically what you're telling me is get as many Houston Dynamo players into my fantasy team for next week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, does this mean Colorado is good? That's... Hold on. Okay. Stay back. Let, let's not get go too far. Okay. They've won a few games so far. Let's like... They've won more than we have. <laughs> yeah, Chicago getting beat by the Galaxy in hey, Bridgeview. Speaking of teams that have won less than we have. Yeah, the Chicago Fire continuing their uh, not very good start to the season. And Zlatan continuing his very, very good start to his MLS career. His first start, his first goal. Congratulations to the Univision commentator. He of the... Oh, it was Gashi. Gashi, 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 Gashi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, his voice cracked when he was screaming about Zlatan. Hey, good news for his mother. She doesn't ever find crusty socks anymore on the uh, oh, room. He hit puberty. That's well, good. No, she'll have to find more now. Yeah, oh, it, it, oh. it's it's just all going to go... I, onto I, the floor he's now. watching soccer highlights in his room. Mom, what are you doing now? <laughs> Just in the press box you got going. <laughs> I told you to knock. I'm the color commentator. I don't care. Get out. <laughs> Bring me some pants. Um, uh. DC United beating Columbus 1-0. Jesse's artist not featuring in, a, in much of this game. Um significant moments at all so we can't make fun of him this week yeah um significant seconds in this ulysses segura 45th second for his goal very nice paul Ariola was sent off in this game put your hands down notch (laughs) fine paul nipples was sent off in this game for a reckless challenge from behind also paul nipples is a new dc united mascot because that's how this works <laughs> <laughs> and uh i, I also want to in, in less funny news i want to point out the atrocious supporters group stuff that is happening in dc at the moment the screaming eagles being the only supporters group that the dc united front office is selling tickets to in their new stadium so the entire supporter section if you want to stand in it you have to buy tickets from the the Screaming Eagles, Para Brava and the District Ultras, the two older supporters group, long-standing supporters from 1996, getting cut out of the mix. Um, Screaming Eagles also getting these, this ticket deal when the United front office had had told the other supporters groups already that there would be no uh, single-game tickets available in the supporters section. So basically the front office lying to two of their oldest supporters groups. This would be basically, I, I, I don't know how to contextualize this except to say that the fists of the North Star are getting exclusive access to all tickets in the Minnesota United supporter section for next year. Except for that would be awesome because it's fists of the North. Yeah, no. No, uh, no, no. No, we don't we want... We love them, but it wouldn't be great to exclude others' supporters groups. I think it would be one thing if these three supporters groups had come together, or at least a, a group of supporters groups had come together to kind of form a conglomerate and, and bought the tickets from the front office or whatever. You know, I'm not one who's saying... Supporters group shouldn't talk to the front office at all, man. No, you can make relationships with the front office and still maintain your independence. The fact, though, that the front office is clearly giving preferential treatment to one group over to others, including the two that have been there the longest, is atrocious. And I blame the Screaming Eagles here for being the kind of, I'm going to use the word Judas, 
people to kind of turn on their fellow supporters and accept this deal with the devil. This is terrible. You shouldn't be doing stuff like this, Screaming Eagles. Get your shit together. Also, some really troubling accusations of their handling of um, incidents uh, of sexual assault and of that nature coming out, which um, go to RMLS on Reddit to read more about that and find that article. Just the Screaming Eagles not coming off very well in anything at the moment. And I, I feel for the district altars. I feel for the bar brava. I, all I'm saying is, if the dark clouds were on the receiving end of something like this, I'd be really pissed off. And the district, the the DCFO needs to get their shit together. I'm considering not going to the away game this year that I really wanted to go to because I don't know if I can support this team and what they're doing. And this is also, by the way, the latest and long line of things that the DC front office has done. This is a pretty long affair that has stretched now for several months. This ticket saga. So. Um, I'm just very, very sad to see fellow supporters on the other side of the country having to to deal with this. Anyway, let's now move on to more games. Very quickly, New England getting beat by FC Dallas 1-0. Lewin and Cody Cropper not in the 18 again. Interesting note from Taylor Twelman in one of the um, ESPN broadcasts. Apparently, an Eastern Conference team offered about seven hundred fifty thousand in allocation money for Lee Wynn, and they turned it down. Are we sure they turned it down? And Bob Croft just did didn't just ignore it because he forgot he owns a soccer team and a player that plays on it. I think he got confused by the acronyms, but. Two, two two draws, the first of which was San Jose and Houston. San Jose scoring first, Houston getting two goals, and San Jose getting the equalizer again. Solid game for Jackson Ewell, uh, Jameer Hika with a pinball equalizer uh, late on. SKC and Seattle doing their thing with another 2-2 draw. Bad luck, Brian Seattle Sounders finally scores goal this year, still doesn't win the game. Zussi, though, not letting anything yeah. stop him on the way to scoring. Absolute great equalizer for Zussi. He just blows by the opposing uh, fullback and just, he's what, four yards out away from the goal and just chips it right over a diving as, fry. As another defender comes in for a dive. Like I, a I don't know how goal. he got that yeah. shot off or how Incredible even how it went in the net. It was fantastic. Yep. A um, couple of, well, one penalty earned for SKC, another penalty called. Back by VAR uh, for the Sounders. Atlanta playing New York City FC and tying again 2-2. 2-2 the, the scoreline of this week. Yeah. Um, Darlington Nagy's first for Atlanta was called back after Joseph Martinez was shown to be extremely offside and pushing Sean Johnson. Go watch Alex Ring's goal. Upper 90, 25 yards out. I can't get the words out. It, it was that amazing. <laughs> Beautiful goal. Javier Morales, uh, RSL legend, has announced his retirement this week as well. Yep. Um, one of, I believe, like 20 or so players to get both 50 goals and 50 assists in MLS. Um, damn, he was good in his time. League, The league, Major League Soccer has fined Merrick Balson, owner of the Timbers, for his comments about the referee's last game. Um, Even though he was correct. He was correct. And I am surprised not to see a fine for Dwyer for diving. I would have liked... I mean, I'm cool with Paulson getting fined, but come on. Like, that was a clear dive by Dwyer. And we'll revisit this topic 
in our NWSL chat in just a little yeah. bit as well. Yeah, um, I will say this. Um, he better get fined because referees do need more respect. Even if we have to constantly question their calls, there is a huge problem of referee respect in this country. I think in this world, I would say that Paulson should have called out Dwyer and not the referee. Um, I think that that would be very fair, but I still think Paulson would have got fined even if he had called out Dwyer. Again, I think the Paulson fine, not so bad. I think the fact that Dwyer gets to get away with it is is kind of the thing that gets me. The one thing I want to also mention before we go into the break is that per Jeff Birding of FC Kansas, FC Cincinnati, Football Club Cincinnati. Did you guys know that it was the, the FC in Cincinnati had a F-U-T-B-O-L, like football instead of football? I did not know that. I was unaware of that. Okay. I thought that was pretty pretentious as it is. Turns out they were going to rebrand to um, Foosball Club Cincinnati to celebrate the German heritage of Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, apparently, everyone there wears their drindle skirts and later hosen, lots of mustard and brats there. Um, everyone Sounds like Milwaukee. Lager. Um, yeah, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I've been to Milwaukee. So. You just described Milwaukee. I think, I mean, given the fact that Cincinnati was a... Cincinnatus, who the city is named for, was a Roman general, I think that Jeff Birding should be renaming the club to honor their kind of tribute to ancient Rome with the call, it, call the club Footballismus Clubix Cincinnatus XVIIMLVMC. You know, like, just... Why not just go the whole hog and, like, honor that? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did yeah. sort of a par- partnership with the Ro- AS Roma and, you know, have a, a, a failed Italian product from Roma come over to them and play for them and tear it yeah. up. Yeah. Am I the only one in this room who thinks Foosball Club Cincinnati is the lamest thing he's ever heard in his life? Um, no, because I've heard Atlanta United. Oh. I, I've heard the phrase Donald Trump is president. That's also pretty lame. Ooh, okay. New Yorker, Colin. Y'all getting y'all getting real with me over here. Um, okay, with that, let's take a break, and we shall return with news from the USL and WSL, and much more from around the world. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer, where we're about to go into our segment where we talk about the rest of U.S. soccer that we haven't talked about already. It's a segment that we call The Pyramid Scheme. Let's talk about the rest of the U.S. soccer pyramid. First up, USL news from Division 2. Um, the Battle of the Ex-Loons took place between Indy 11 and Nashville. Um, Kevin Venegas's Indy 11 came out on top 2-1. to one. Um, both goals for Indy by Loon's nemesis. Sunisad! I hate that guy. Hate Go watch a second. It, it was fantastic. Um, in other Eastern Conference news, uh, Rebels 2, 5-0 victory over Tampa Bay. In the prior four games, Tampa had allowed two goals. I guess that's what happens when you have Carlos Rivas playing for your USL side. Seriously? Yeah. He he started in this game. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I know. <laughs> that's so stupid. Yeah. How? Uh... I I think it actually might have been an injury like rehab 
stint or something, but... But, uh, okay, fine. I'm not happy about it, but I'll accept it. NWSL news from the past week. Um, North Carolina won 4-2 over the Washington Spirit. An early goal for Mallory Pugh got canceled out by three straight for the Courage. McCall Zerboni had a brace. Um, North Carolina, three wins out of three to start the season. Pretty darn impressive. The Pride, Orlando Pride, losing 2-1 to the Portland Tons in Portland. This game notable, unfortunately, for off-the-pitch antics from uh, Sidney LaRue, who decided to take to Twitter after this game and call out Merritt Paulson for the Thorns having a policy of not allowing kids of opposing players onto the pitch. The Thorns, uh, LaRue accusing Paulson of instituting this rule to hurt her so that uh, thanks to Dom Dwyer's dive the previous week and her jumping to Dom Dwyer's defense on Twitter uh, when, when, when Paulson talked about that on Twitter. Sydney LaRue calling this retribution for that. The Thorns helpfully jumping on Twitter to say this has been policy for a long time and it is to protect... Uh, well, actually, they didn't say any of that, but the logic behind this policy as speculated by a lot of people is that it's to protect... The kids of opposing players who the fans might not be very charitable toward. These policies are there to protect everyone. Portland Thorns games are extremely well attended. And you can't just have a policy relaxed for you um, because you think you're someone special. And I would go so far as saying this is kind of a smear on Merritt Paulson because she's just taking a hit at him because he took a hit at Dom. Sydney does this. She takes a hit at everybody who takes a hit at her husband. And this is kind of... a tremendously low blow um i don't like it i didn't think i had any respect left for her turns out i did i've lost it it's gone now there's not a whole lot on twitter i care less about than mary paulson and sydney Lee were going at each other i both of them can just should just delete their twitter accounts and save everyone else a whole lot of time yeah it's ridiculous sure Sure. All right, let's now move into a segment that we call The Sewer. In The Sewer segment, we talk about our Ninja Turtles that live in that sewer, the national teams, the NTs. Um, there's reportedly going to be some friendlies in November against both England and Italy. Italy announced their friendly, although USSF is yet to confirm it. The MNUFC strategy for announcements. Basically. <laughs> um, the England friendly got leaked and then... Um, USSF confirmed that they are finalizing the date and location. Um, hopefully, they're also spending some time finalizing who the fuck is going to coach those games. Oh, it's gonna be Dave Sarachan, though, isn't it? Jurgen Klinsmann, Bruce Arena are probably making a shot comeback, most likely. I is it, is his book tour over? Right by that I, point, I have or? no idea. Maybe maybe it'll be Galati, the ultimate heel turn, becoming the coach. Um, yeah, what if he's really did though? I no no no. What? I'm pretty sure the like corpse of uh, Chuck Blazer would be a better coach than Sunil Galati. Oh, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, just gonna go on a limb and say Taylor Porter might yeah. be the next. Not Berhalter. I mean, he has a job right now, but yeah, Porter is available. There's rumors he'll go to FC Cincinnati when they move up, but I don't know. Hmm. That national team spots. Seat is getting pretty welcoming. Yeah. Um, before we move on, I do have to say this. Um, you said that Sunil Galati would be doing a heel turn. How would he not already the be a heel? The ultimate heel. heel. Like, that'd <laughs> like, be like, 
you'd be turning from a heel to how do you turn even further into heel? <laughs> I, um, I don't. Let's. Uh, this is before my brain explodes. Let's move yeah. on, please. <laughs> let's now move on to a segment that we call the pub, where we hop into a plane, head to England, and talk about coverage of English soccer at our local pub. This week we're calling the pub the bald man who wasn't a fraud, um, and we're gonna honor Pep Guardiola at that pub. Yeah, we are because Man City has won the Premier League, not not because of a last second winner by. Uh, Sergio Aguero but instead because of a goal by probably relegated West Brom Jay Rodriguez against their crosstown rivals you gotta which, love United I don't know which one's sweeter you, you gotta love United beating City and then losing to the worst team in the league and it giving City the title it, it, yeah. all of it, it is it's, fantastic it's pretty great it, it, it it's fantastic. And Spurs losing, too. Although, I'm hearing now that the three city goals were awarded to Harry Kane, though. So, um, after the fact. So, so some some consolation for Spurs there. Yeah. Uh, West Brom still probably going to be going down. But what a way to go out. Beating yep. Manchester United at Old Trafford. Um, also, Southampton lost to Chelsea 3-2. to two. Um, They're up to nothing. Um Marcus Alonso of Chelsea should have been sent off. He stamped, I don't know on what Southampton player it was, but he sent on like his calf um, in full view of Mike Dean. Um, <laughs> and he wasn't sent off. Was I? I was. I don't. I'm not sure if he was given a foul or not. But Chelsea comes back. Two goals from Giroud and one from Hazard to win the game. Two of those goals were assisted by Marcus Alonso. Who should have been sent off? Um, Arsenal losing yeah. to Newcastle two to one. DeAndre Yedlin getting a assist on the first goal. Yeah, uh, fantastic, fantastic assist. Also, fuck everything. Uh, please, uh, please elaborate. <laughs> um, like you no, know, honestly, I was still sleeping off walking a mile in a blizzard the night before. I didn't bother waking up. Uphill both ways. I was trying not to talk about the weather on this podcast, guys, because that's anyone. Everyone in Minnesota is talking about just the weather, and I was trying to avoid it. And we'd come this far, uh, forty-four minutes. I'm just explaining why I didn't bother waking up for an Arsenal game. And guess what? I made the right decision. Caleb, did you make the right decision when Liverpool played Bournemouth? Yeah, I watched that game. It was great. Uh, Sadio Mane becomes the highest scoring Senegalese player in Premier League history, and Salah becomes the highest scoring African player in a single season in, in Premier League history. Um, his goal is fantastic, but also the assist in that goal from Trent Alexander Arnold, who is only like 19 years old, which is insane. Um, go watch those goals. I think Firmino got the last goal. Um, Tottenham playing yeah. Brighton and Albion to date, dying 1 1. Uh, Kane scored for real this time, but actually, in a cruel twist of fate, the goal is not being credited to Christian Eriksen. Fasten <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gross equalizes with a penalty for BHA Brighton Hove Albion. Wolves, my favorite logo in all of English soccer, I think. The little wolf, the, the, the octagon or pentagon or whatever it is. Uh, I, I really like that logo. And they've sealed 
promotion to the Premier League. I'm the first team to do so. Congratulations to Kanye West. He actually did <laughs> fix Wolves. I was going to say that. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Sunderland earns their second relegation in consecutive seasons, dropping down to lead one. Um, Pretty you know, sure it's Stapp's play softly playing in the background yeah. um, for Sunderland. They will probably lose a way to Atherton Stanley, who just earned promotion to lead one from lead two. Um, very small club, so good for them for getting up another level in the English tiers. Let's now move into a segment we call, they don't call it soccer, in brackets. Some do, though. We should briefly talk about the Champions League fixture between Juventus and um, Real Madrid. We talked about it last... Okay. Because you might recall when we talked about it last week, as Caleb was just alluding to, we talked about how referee Michael Oliver made a monumental decision to send Gigi Buffon off and award a penalty in the order of those decisions was reversed. Yeah. Buffon sent off for dissent. Buffon doubling down on his comments about referee Michael Oliver. Typically, you know, in these situations, you have a player losing their mind, kind of saying some things during the game and then apologizing after the game. That is not what happened. Gigi Buffon stuck to it after the game, said, I meant every word, blah, 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 blah. In those situations, then you have a player mouthing off after the game and then apologizing later and coming to a census. Again, Buffon not doing that, saying, I would do it all again. I'd say the same thing. I still mean it. Basically, sticking to his his word about Michael Oliver, uh, refusing to apologize. And I should add, Michael Oliver's wife, Lucy Oliver, who's also a referee, getting death threats and abuse over text message and Twitter. What the hell is going on? You know, we were talking about referee respect a few minutes ago, Colin. Uh, This is disgusting stuff. Michael Oliver made the right call. I don't care who Buffon is. I don't care how long he's played. This is a blight on his legacy. The only mistake he made during that sequence was not also sending off Benadia for a second yellow, who, who, who committed the penalty in the box. But otherwise, he was. all those calls were correct. The penalty was a correct call, and the red was a correct call. Um, I think that's Very a stance from most pundits and outside of Italy, at least. And that's definitely one from this podcast that Michael Oliver was correct. And also, death threats to referees are bad. Uh, let's that's a really hot take, <laughs> yeah, by the right? way. It's let's, so cold over here. Let, let's also touch on something that we, we did not really touch on from uh, the, the pub segment, which is that the Premier League has decided not to have VAR next season. All I got to say to that is that, you know, the dinosaurs in charge of the FA proving yet again that they are out of touch with the footballing world. And... I'm going to be blunt. If you as a, you know, fans can have any opinion that they want. But if you as a considered soccer journalist have an opinion that VAR blanket is bad, you need to reevaluate your kind of ability to adapt to something new. Because I can understand saying it's flawed. I can understand saying we need to learn more in its adoption. I can understand saying it needs to be improved. But saying it's bad, it ruins the game, flow of play, blah, blah, blah. Get on with it. Technology is here. It's helping us avoid things like Jeff Hurst's 66 goal, the hand of God, Ari's handball, all those things gone. I don't want to argue about with my friends endlessly about whether a goal was dumb or not or, or whether the, the championship this team has won was deserved. I don't want those arguments. I want to see a game played by the laws of the game and won or lost based on that rather than what the referee has missed or hasn't missed. Again, every single problem that VAR has had 
has been because they haven't fully implemented VAR to the point that people know how to use it. It's all been operator error. It hasn't been these systemic injustices that the British press have been glomping onto. Just institute the fucking system, let people learn it, and watch the game actually be better. It's They're doing it at the World Cup this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it does. Oh, yeah. you know that England I'm sure is going to have a goal disallowed, and it's going to be everyone saying, oh, the Premier League is so correct. Unless, you know. It goes um, in their favor. Yeah, exactly. I, I look forward to those, those tweets. It's going to be glorious. I mean, did, does anyone remember 2010 when Lampard's goal was disallowed against Germany early on? And then Germany got the momentum on that game because of that. Like, they took the air out of England. Uh, who who is to say that that was that that goal wouldn't have been better if it had been called a goal, like that that match wouldn't have been better. I mean, anyway, let's move yeah. on. Uh, Bayern Munich have won the Bundesliga and the German Cup, the DFB Pokal. Gasp, shot. I mean, this I think if you go back several episodes, you would hear us early in the season saying, "Oh my God, Bundesliga might be exciting this year." Snore again. No, no, no. no. Um, <laughs> They should have Carl Ancelotti the entire year. Then it would have been true, true, exciting. Um, in La Liga, uh, Celta Vida have drawn Barcelona this just today, two uh, two. Barcelona keeping their unbeaten run in La Liga intact, despite a red card from Sergio Roberto. So good for them. In Serie A, Juve are ahead of Napoli by six points. Juve and Napoli do play, though, this Sunday. So maybe tune in a little bit of Italian football. Intriguing. Um, In the Turkish Super League, there are three points separating the top four teams. Galatasaray, Besiktas, Basa Sekir, and Fenerbahce. Galatasaray and Besiktas play each other in two weeks. There's four games left. This is now the lead to watch. Um, the top three teams, I don't know about uh, Basak Sahir, really, if they're a perennial top four, top five team at all. Not so, really, no. So go with them. Hope they're one point behind Galatasaray, who's in the lead right now. So keep an eye on the Turkish Tur- Super League. It's going to be great. Great finish. With that, it's now time to move on to a segment that we call the Reynolds Wrap. Calling they suck conspiracy theory you know you've been thinking about and make sense of it for you. So we we watched in stunned dismay to see Mark Birch continue his long, long career um, fade into obscurity. And I wondered to myself, why in the hell was he why was he still playing? Like why didn't they put TSON out on the left? and put Carter Manley out on the right. Like, why wasn't that the pick from the start? And why was Birch playing even worse than he had been? I have an answer at least for the second part. Consider the fact that his teammates along that line were Jerome Tiasone, Michael Boxel, and Francisco Calvo. All three of them just so happen to also be former international players. And consider Mark Birch's 
lineage. He is the direct descendant, I kid you not, of the same Birch of the John Birch Society. (laughs) Yes, that's right. The same anti-internationalist, anti-communist, anti-pretty-much-everything organization operating throughout the United States. I don't believe that Mark Birch was actually injured. Rather, I think it was Adrian Heath recognizing that Mark Birch's terrible performances were little more than a protest at the fact that Francisco Calvo, Michael Boxel, and Jerome Tiason were all taking away American gerbs and even taking away international slots with Calvo and potentially TSON getting green cards. I'm sorry, man. Like, why would you have somebody from the John Birch Society? I don't know. But that's Manny's problem. Okay. Yeah. Was not expecting that. Yeah. Um, well, geez, that's going to keep the conspiracy boards running for weeks on end. Um, we'll come back next week with another great soccer conspiracy theory that, that Colin will explain for you. In the meantime, though, we would like him to tell you a little bit more about the column that he's going to be writing for E Pluribus Lunum. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so I um, have come on board with them. I'm going to be writing a weekly, hopefully, um, tactical, analytical Kind of a freeform column, um, but doing some deeper dives into um, how the loons shape up, how they perform. Um, this week was my first column. Pretty much did just a you know one man scout of Darwin Quintero's performance and kind of what that means for the team going forward. Definitely recommend you check it out. Um, I also from time to time. Probably I'm going to be writing some uh, Minneapolis City recaps here and there. Um, so check out the work. Um, I've been retweeting it occasionally. Um, you will continue to find it over at epluribuslunum.com. And where can the good people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at The Attachment. Well, I'm right for epluribuslunum's crosstown rival 55.1. I hear that Darby's pretty intense. It is pretty intense. It's just a bunch of us on our laptops stalling at each other and typing really fast. Um, sounds, sounds like an esports match. If you want to relive the Portland match without the tactical analysis, go read my match recap of this game. Um, yeah. I also met Tay Olsen716. Special thanks to Tectonics for their song, Lustless is a theme music. It's pretty great. You can find me at TW United Fans. You can also find my fundraiser, Red Card to Racism, at redcardtoracism.com. Wednesday is the final day. I believe we've raised enough to actually bring the team from Idaho to to town for the USA Cup. The Sani Foundation has jumped on board as a partner to help house the kids when they're here to run um, some programming with them also while they're here. So I think it's going to be an overall great experience this July during the usa cup so I'm, I'm very excited next week i'll tell you how far we got to our fundraising goal and, and what's gonna happen going forward you can find this podcast on fine podcast providers everywhere please recommend us to your friends leave us reviews on itunes we really appreciate that 
And we also appreciate taking a break for a week. So that's just what we're going to do. Come back to you next week with another episode of We Call It Soccer. See you.